0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing.
1: Alright, welcome back everybody. Jimmy B and TC here until 3 o'clock Today, right now, time to go out to the Draft House Fifty Hotline. That is where our Big Ten insider Ken Silverstein awaits. As you can imagine, Ken, it's summertime, and that means getaway time for Jimmy B. So, just you and me today. Does that sound all right?
2: I think it's more vacation than Trump does. Seriously, <laughs> he does. seriously, he I
1: absolutely mean, does.
2: I'm, I'm serious. I, I I want his deal, quite frankly. I have I I have taken missteps. In my life-slash-career, I need to follow his format in regards to taking time off. But um, more importantly, we're down to 49 days. I bet that's okay. the only thing that's like on my mind. I like uh, that. Seven weeks from today, we have two different Big Ten teams playing. And in my world and yours, these 49 days cannot like roll more quickly off the ledge, let's say.
1: It'll be Indiana-Ohio State that'll kick things off with a Big Ten game, which is crazy to think about to start the season. You know, Ken, as we get ramped up here, Chicago right around the corner with Big Mm -hmm. Ten Media Day, it'll be a lot of talk of Urban and Harbaugh, James Franklin, really with the first time with expectations. Uh, and, And we'll talk about all those things. But after the Big Three of the East, the programs like Maryland, Indiana, Rutgers, who's had some success, at least in semi-recent times, though that athletic department as a whole is a disaster. What is a realistic scenario for those teams? Is it to set up that once every five years, you know what, maybe we're good enough to put together a 9-10 win season and surprise and pull a big upset and maybe things go our way? Should that be the expectation level for everybody else in the East?
2: Yeah, I think it's right on. And I, I think of the schools you mentioned, the one that's got the best shot of uh, Rutgers, Indiana, Maryland would be the Terrapins. One, because I think they're, they're in a very good fertile area for high school football recruiting, yep. the Baltimore, D.C. metro area, number one, because you, you got to win with players. And, um, you know, there are times when five stars and four stars don't work out and two and three stars do. There's no doubt about it. It's well documented. But from a probability standpoint, the odds are in your favor, the more four- and five-stars you recruit, the better your program is going to be. And with that said, Maryland, I think, has got the best shot because there are more players swimming around their recruiting pool than would be in the state of Indiana or even in New Jersey, which is a pretty good high school football state for its size. Part of the reason why, you know, it's a smaller – State geographically, um, it's very congested, meaning the number of people in the state. A problem for Chris Ash and Rutgers is that Ohio State, maybe even more importantly, Penn State, has been able to go in there now, all the way going back to Joe Pa days, okay, and been able to get, I even Franco Harris was from Mount Holly, New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken, years ago. I mean, they've been recruiting New Jersey forever Uh, uh, other programs now have been able to go in there, including um, uh, Ohio state over the last few years. So that's a problem for Rutgers. So long and the short, I think Maryland has the best shot of those three. Uh, Can they win nine, ten games consistently? No, no, they cannot. But I think what you're hinting at strongly, could they have one every, let's say what you're using as a barometer five years. Could they win nine ish? Yeah, I think they, They could. Everything has got to go right. They got to have the right quarterback. They got to be, they can't have a lot of injuries. Their margin of error is thinner than the big three because they don't have as much talent and will never have as much talent as the other three programs and maybe even Michigan State to some extent. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I'd say of the second tier, Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland, the Terrapin took the best shot.
1: So you mentioned Michigan State, and they are the part of the group that you just wonder about what's going to happen. And, you know, we talk about it here in our state where when Iowa's at its highest level, usually Iowa State is down a little bit. That's a part of it, and vice versa, and how difficult it is for two in-state schools that are going after the same to be good at the same time. With Michigan looking like it's certainly continuing to build under Harbaugh. What's the future look like in your mind, say, over those next five years for Michigan State football?
2: Well, I, and I think it's a really interesting point. Um, I mean, I think there are obviously states where that might be diffused. Texas, for example, yep. California, where you could have a Stanford having a very good year, or USC having a good year, or USC, UCLA. Um, in Texas, you could have, um, I don't know, Baylor, A&M, Texas, whatever. Two of those three, let's say, having really good years at the same time. So I do I do see what you're saying about Michigan. The problem for Michigan is there aren't a lot of players that come out of the state every year. It's not a highly recruited state. Michigan in the past when it was Bo and others coaching would have to hit Ohio. Now Harbaugh's come in, and he's not even trying to recruit against Urban Meyer <clears throat> Excuse me, in the state of Ohio. He's just not. Um, he lost a couple battles, and he's he's run from there. Now, he's, he's recruiting nationally, as Urban Meyer is recruiting nationally, and as uh, Franklin, uh, James Franklin is recruiting for the most part, maybe not as national as the other two, but close enough so that he's in the hunt. Um, full circle back to Michigan State. Um, Michigan State, over the last five-plus years, has been able to get players that Ohio State doesn't want um, and has been able to scoop up some kids. Uh, Le'Veon Bell comes to mind and others who are Ohio kids come in and do a nice job as, let's say, high three star for the most part players. Okay. Um, Michigan State, though, now down. Um, they've been able to recruit Cincinnati over the years. They're going to have, and they are having a bigger problem now because we're fickle has come in and done a nice job so far recruiting at uh, UC and the Bearcats. Kentucky has come in and done a nice job over the years. Uh, they're recruiting uh, guys guy, is Merrill, and has done a very good job there. Again, they don't win the battle for the big, big boy. They're, n- they're never going to win those battles. Never going to happen. But they get the high three-star, mid three-star kid, and if they hit on the right kid, they end up getting themselves a the really good player. So, Michigan State's been able to recruit Southwest Ohio. I think that's starting to dry up a little bit with Kentucky, with the UC. Indiana has been able to kind of cherry pick a kid uh, now and then. So, so what does Michigan State do? Well, they got problems. They got a lot of problems. Yes. They got problems off the field. They got problems that Ann Arbor is now bursting at the seams. And look at the top ten kids last year in the state of Michigan. Michigan beat Michigan State, if my memory serves me correctly, on every top ten kid. And you can't, if you're Michigan State, okay, maybe one year you can live with that. But if that happens a couple of years consecutively, that's a problem. Because Michigan State is not going to win the battles against Ohio State and Michigan for national kids. They're just not. Not going to happen. So um, they got problems. And I love Mark, I think, he's a great coach. I really do. By going back to the Alabama disaster of 38 nothing in the Final Four a couple of years ago, that seems like eons ago, eons ago, compared to where they are now. Um, I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedule that closely yet. We're still full, roughly 49, 50-some days from their opener. But um, they need to win seven, eight games, and I don't know how they're going to do it, to be honest with you. Plus, they kicked off three of their best players have been expelled so um he's a great coach if anybody can do it he can do it but he's going to have to he's going to have to do one hellacious coaching job um not to land in fourth place in the east i i don't see any way he cracks the top three knees
1: so i uh saw over on espn.com ken that they're going through and doing their ultimate road trip for the big 10 you know the mm-hmm. big game every week and their week 10 matchup is uh, one from your neck of the woods and our neck of the woods. Ohio State making their way to Kinnick Stadium for the first time in a long time to take yeah. on the Hawkeyes. We know it'll be be a big game for Ohio State. It's
2: going to be a night game. It better be. Yes. I mean, I, if yes. I'm the AD at, at Iowa, I am, like, calling the network and going, hey, we, we're ready to roll here, boys. Look what happened last year with Michigan yep. at night. We want this thing at night, okay? We want our fans to get um, – how do I want to put this and keep it G-rated? Uh, let's just put it this way. Uh, ready to rock and roll. How about that? I think you know lathered what i Lathered up.
1: Lathered up. Lathered
2: up is a good way of yes. saying it, yes.
1: We, we know how to do that well here in the state of yes, Iowa. Yes, you so. have
2: that reputation well-deserved, okay? <laughs> Very much so. God, I wish I owned a bar in <laughs> Iowa City. Man, I wish I owned a bar We all
1: in do. City. Lights, I know. I'd be money. so
2: rich. Oh, God, I'd be rolling in money. Okay, I can, I can end my dream now since I don't own a bar in Iowa City. Um, here's the deal. That's going to be a night game. It has to be. If I can figure it out, don't you think the the AD at Iowa is thinking to himself, hmm, let's see, what happened last year with Michigan? Hmm, that was one of the biggest wins in X amount of years. Please, what not? Let's do a night game. Buckeyes are coming in. They could be, and I don't know this, they're either going to be unbeaten or with one loss. Um, They're going to definitely be top ten. I don't think there's any doubt. About that. It could be top five. We'll see uh, what they do uh, after Oklahoma and then uh, get deeper into conference play. Uh, Oklahoma being game two for Ohio State after the Indiana game on August 31st. So, yeah, um, I, I've, I've talked to some people in Columbus who see that as a um, little bit of a trap game. Um, and if I'm Iowa, My game plan would be, and this is many months down the road, throw the ball to the tight end, okay? One, because Iowa likes to do that. Two, they've had a lot of success doing that over the years. And three, for some reason, and I remember the last Iowa game, the Buckeyes could not cover the Iowa tight end, okay, with these so-called heralded recruits. So a little hint to the offensive game plan, throw the ball to the tight end. Do play action and throw the ball to the tight end. So. We'll see. It's many weeks away, but um, yeah, that's a, that's a. I think Ohio State, at least some of their fans, consider it to be a trap game, and it'll be a bigger trap game if it's a night game. Yeah, which it should be. I'd be shocked if it's if it's a three thirty or four o'clock Eastern start. Uh, somebody has dropped the ball, um, but I'm I'm about ninety nine percent sure. You know, I've not been told by anybody. Uh, common sense just tells me that spells night game.
1: And I'm going through here and looking at the schedule that week in the Big Ten, if it'll actually bring it up for me. You know how that goes sometimes.
2: I'm looking at my laptop right now and staring at something, and it's like it's fluttering. I have no idea why my laptop is fluttering.
1: (laughs) But regardless, that week, it is going to be one of the biggest games. The rumblings around here, I was going to host Penn State to kick off the Big Ten slate in Week Mm -hmm. 4. That also is probably going to be a night game. So, Should be. yeah, it's uh, an exciting time. So we know Wisconsin's the big favorite. You like Nebraska? We've talked about that a few times throughout the summer. Yeah, I'm
2: I'm, I'm smitten a little bit, and I, I I think you might remember me talking about I, I got really enamored after their ballgame game win. Um, that must have been in year one of uh, Coach Riley, yep. where they were out. I want to say they were out in San Diego, and they just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and they played more of Nebraska football of. My era, let's say, when I, was, when I was growing up watching Nebraska, Okay, going all the way back to the Johnny Rogers days, that's way, 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 way back. I'm talking the Michael Rozier era and, and that era. Okay, That would be more like the 80s, I guess. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he, in his bones, he wants to throw it. I get that. I get that. Um, and um, I know he's going to have it. Most likely it's going to be a junior college, not a junior college, it's going to be a transfer from Tulane will be their starting quarterback. I assume he will be the starter. Never know with fall cam coming up, but we're going to assume he is. Um, I like them for second. I think they'll challenge Wisconsin uh, big time. Um, I think the recruiting has been better the last two recruiting uh, classes. And again, I think you win with horses. I I think if my players are better than your players, I I, grant it's not a best of three, five, or seven, but I'll take my chances. If my players are better than yours, and if they're ready to go, and uh, I think over the last uh, last year's recruiting class and what they're bringing in potentially in this recruiting class, which will have no effect on this year's game, obviously I understand that, but i i i, I see I see it really starting to churn a little bit uh, for Nebraska, and I think I think at this point, I think you can make a hell of an argument that over the next couple of years, that Nebraska will have the best recruiting classes, at least on paper. doesn't mean it will translate. Mm-hmm. We always talk about that. Just because you're bringing in four stars and et cetera, doesn't mean you know, everybody's going to pan out. I get that. But yeah. on paper, if I can use that
3: term here,
2: um, I think they're going to end up being the big boy in recruiting in the conference, and that might, doesn't guarantee it, but it might make them in the next year or two really be, the team to be, they may still be a year away. Meaning they need this 18 recruiting class to put them over the top and slay Wisconsin for being quote, the big boy
3: in the West.
2: But I still like Wisconsin, Nebraska second. And then, uh, as you said last week, you get that other tier. You have Northwestern coming off a pretty good year. Quarterbacks coming back, Some running backs coming back. Uh, I like Jackson at running back. I think he's a pretty good player. Um, quarterback made a nice improvement from one year to last season. We'll see if he'll take another leap. So uh, the purple are are, are pretty good uh, at this point. Um, The wild cards are Iowa and Minnesota. I know a lot of people are buying into Minnesota. I get that. You know, row the boat, row it north, row it south, whatever he's doing with the oars in the water. I, I get it. But, and I know he's got running backs. I know that. I, I like his running back tandem. I think they're really good. I think both kids have a shot at the NFL as maybe third, fourth-round picks. But I want to see Minnesota play a little bit before I get too giddy. I don't, I, I'm just not sure what they have at quarterback at this point. I've not been a big fan of their quarterback play over the last few years, and I don't know what it's going to look like this year. So I need, I need three, four games. Let's get into the season. Let's get in the conference. A little bit um, same with Iowa. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, I know what they're going to be able to do running the ball. They got the graduate transfer, so now they have two backs. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, which is really good. They can alternate them. They can put special packages in for the young man from the University of Nevada. Okay, because he can catch the ball in the backfield. At least statistically, it says that. So, um, you know, on that second tier, you got Iowa. You got Minnesota you got Northwestern. One of them, obviously, is going to be third. Um, But at this point, I guess if you pin my shoulders to the almighty wall, and you haven't asked this, but (laughs) I figure I'll throw it in the mix, I would say it's Northwestern trend only because I know to some extent what the quarterback play and the running back game is going to look like. Um, And I'm not sure at Iowa at this point, and I'm definitely not sure at Minnesota at this point. So until proven differently – I like Northwestern, at least at this point, to be third. But the difference is the third-place team in the West compared to the third-place team in the East. Ooh, that's a, yeah. I <laughs> right. don't think there's. I don't think there's a lot of room for debate there at this point.
1: You know, uh, with Big Ten Media Days around the corner, uh, we we get the release of the three guys that are going from each school, and Ken. Penn State's not sending Saquon Barkley, not sending Trace McSorley, Ohio State, no JT Barrett here locally for us in Iowa, no Akram Wadley. Is there something deeper going on, or is it just kind of one of those years where, yeah, there's some name brands out there, but for whatever reason, coaches decide to go another direction?
2: Well, I, I, think, I think it's a shame. I, I, I really do. Now, the kid's having trouble academically. You don't want to reward them okay, by sending them to Chicago or a Gap Fest, okay, I get that. But not all these kids are having academic issues. I'm not heard of any of the kids you just named having any, I want to say it again, any academic issues. So what's the reason for Ohio State, Iowa, these are in no particular order, Penn State and others not sending? Now, Ohio State has claimed, well, we sent J.T. Barrett last year and we want to give some other guys an opportunity. Okay. I get that to some extent. Mm -hmm. I get that to some extent, but I'm not sure that fits for every school. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't investigated who went last year or maybe even the year before. And does that mean that Penn State is not sending so-and-so and -and 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 so-and-so because they, like J.T. Barrett, were there last season in downtown Chicago? So I don't know if each school can use that as their so-called excuse. I know Ohio State is using that as an excuse. J.T. Barrett. Here's the rub. This This is a publicity thing, okay? This is the conference showing off their shiny new automobiles, okay? A lot of folks, I raise my right hand, love to go to car shows when the new models come out, okay? Whether it's Detroit Car Show or any other one in Chicago or there's one in Cleveland, Ohio or wherever, they bring out the new models and they bring out cars, futuristic cars of the future. I guess that is futuristic, okay? Here's the problem. It hurts them. It hurts the brand in Big Ten when you don't have your new shiny cars out on the showroom floor. Now taking nothing away from the kids. Okay. The student athletes, athlete students who will be there representing Hawkeyes, Buckeyes, Nittany Lions, you know, on and on and on all X amount of schools. Okay. No knock. Hope they have a good time. They'll enjoy Chicago. And enjoy the attention. I get that. But, if I'm the commish, okay, and this is one where the commission drops the ball because he, he understands eyeballs because that's why we have Maryland Erectors. The only reason we have Maryland Erectors are the I-95 corridor, meaning New York City, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Metro, and the D.C. Baltimore corridor for those two respective schools. It's the only reason. I don't care what they say. It's the only reason why they're in the Big Ten is because of eyeballs. So if he understands eyeballs and he understands, hmm, we want to get the product out to as many people as possible. Wouldn't it be a real good idea to pick up the phone, call the AD at each school, mm-hmm. and say, um, You know what? Hi, um, this is the commissioner. Um, I, I've got a whiff. Uh, I've been told by my people. See, so you and I don't have people, okay? Right. The commission's got people.
1: He does, yes. Yeah,
2: he's got people. So he says to, We use. Because it just popped in my head. We'll use Gene Smith, the AD at Ohio State. Yep. Hey, Gene, this is Commissioner Delaney. Oh, hey, how are you, Commissioner? How are you doing? How's everything in the Uh Enough of the pleasantries. Let me get to the point. Why isn't J.T. Barrett coming to Chicago when he's one of our biggest names in our conference, okay? And he plays a big-time position, better yet, quarterback, okay? He picks up, he hangs up, he calls... The AD at uh, Penn State, he says um, basically the same thing. Why, why are you, why are you sending so and so and so and so? I'd be very curious to see what the responses are, and if they can convince the commissioner that this is the right thing to do. And again, I'm not knocking the kids who are going. All I'm saying is you need to bring your eight cylinder. You need to bring your big boys. You need to bring the people with the glints, and those are usually not always. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, or standout defensive people, defensive linemen, linebackers, you know, DBs, whatever, that just you know, are really great players and have name recognition because that's who the media wants to talk to. And the media is a conduit to the fans out there. So it's only hurting the conference. It's, it's not good. Look, it's not going to crater the conference. I get that. It's, it's not a blemish. It's just... It's silliness. It just doesn't it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And um, I I don't know. I just not it just doesn't make a lot of sense from a marketing and positioning standpoint.
1: Ken Silverstein joining us on the Draft House 50 hotline. Ken, changing gears here with baseball starting back up. Uh, Your eyes are on the Cleveland Indians. So I'm flipping around last night looking for something, anything. Yes, anything.
2: Yes. Were and you I, like me watching the International League and the PCL play uh, their all-star game from Tacoma last night? Watched, My wife came in. She says, what are you watching? I thought it was the all-star break. I said, I'm watching Triple-A uh, baseball all-star game. All I heard was the pitter-patter leaving the room. And, and the she thinks grumb- I'm nuts.
1: The, the grumbling that follows. I hear that one at home quite a bit. A lot of grumbles as she walks yes. out of the room what a moron that I married is is probably yes, the exactly <laughs> exactly well i come across mlb network last night and they're playing yeah. a cleveland indians documentary about the what? greatness of the 90s indians that never really were able to break through with the ultimate goal only saw a portion of it got it uh, up on the dvr so looking forward to watching the whole thing but take us back to that time and and i'm sure something that still comes up 20 years later A lot of what-ifs with the Indians.
2: Oh, please. In this community, please. It's a constant. (laughs) It's like the 11th commandment of life. To look back rather than look forward. We do a lot of that around this area, Code 216. Um, I I didn't see all of it. I watched about three quarters of it. I knew they were doing it. Um, I knew a bunch of the people that were, um, I knew basically everybody that was in it. Uh, So I had an idea even many, many months ago that they were doing this. Um, What I watched, um I yeah, I mean look, in ninety five, this is now feel like an eternity ago, I guess it is. In ninety-five they got beat by basically future Hall of Famers in Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. Um Atlanta had great pitching. You could say they had they've had the greatest pitching of the last fill in the blank years. That's how good those three are or were. Okay. So they got beat in ninety five by a better Team. Maybe not a better 25-man roster, but pitching wins, and they got beat by those big three. All right, so we fast-forward to 97. A couple of years later, they face the Fish, the Marlins. They are a better team. They lose in seven, okay, in a series they should have won. And if it wasn't for Jose Mesa, their closer that year, gagging in the late innings, uh, they would have won that World Series. They didn't. And so, um, basically, the piece is wrapped around the idea of blown opportunities, great players, um, everyone from Kenny Lofton to Omar Biscayle to Jim Tomey to Albert Bell, did I mention him twice, uh, to, um, oh my God, let me think of who else were on those teams, to Carlos Baerga, mm-hmm. uh, on and on and on and on. Okay? I mean, they were, they were loaded. They also got hurt by the strike in 90. I guess that would have been 94. Yeah. The strike in 94 when they were on their way to winning uh, just all kinds of games, mathematically, wins against losses. So basically, the, story, the, the piece is about talented teams that came close and kind of saying, well, not kind of saying, basically saying blown opportunities. It's a good piece. Uh, it's a good 30 for 30. It is. No, it's not a 30 for 30. It's an MLB.com uh, thing. Um, so it's a different company putting it together. But it's it's, it's okay to watch. I'm not sure that it's going to make you, when you walk away from it, ponder and think about you know the big picture of life. But uh, it's entertaining, I guess, in, in so many words.
1: We're talking with Ken Silverstein. A look to this year. Indians, certainly the most talented team in the division. There's no doubt about that. Health-wise, starting to come back together. Uh, Danny Salazar, plan, they put him in the bullpen for a while, then said, we got to get this guy healthy and right. Does he come back as a starter?
2: Well, oh, I don't know. Um, they keep telling me and everybody else that ask that he will be, but he has scuffled uh, at A Akron. Yes. Um I They are in, where are they? They're in Oakland this weekend, starting tomorrow, and then they go to San Francisco. How convenient. Uh, So they'll play six games in the Bay Area before they come home again a week from tomorrow against uh, Toronto. I don't know when he's coming back. I mean, usually in a rehab deal, you have a pretty good idea when somebody's going to be coming back uh, date-wise, but I, I don't know. And I don't know whether it will be as a starter or – Mike Cleminger has replaced him, a young right-hander, and has done a pretty good job, maybe better than that. And so this is um, one that they're guarding as, quote, top secret, uh, which they've been known to do before. Uh, so I, I really don't know. Uh, my guess is it'll be as a starter, but I don't know that to be 100% gospel of whether or not that is the case. And the problem is, one, he's been hurt a bunch, and two, when you go back from the All-Star game last year to today, which is basically one year, because the All-Star game was just the other night, Tuesday night to be exact, when you look at his numbers, uh, they are very good. So um, they have a very tough question to answer to what they're going to do uh, with Mr. Salazar.
1: You know, uh, a team with a lot of depth now. Bradley Zimmer's come up. He's been pretty solid as a rookie. Mm -hmm. Good speed, good defender, can get on base. They got Austin Jackson trying to get him back healthy here. Uh, Just a ton of depth. How big of a surprise would it be? I understand they haven't probably lived up to expectations. How big of a surprise would it be, though, if the Twins or Royals could nip them and get them at the end of the season?
2: City would fall into Lake Erie. Seriously, (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, I I get, look... uh, to me, there's like less than 2% chance of that happening. Mm-hmm. Like I've been uh, old enough, been around long enough that anything is possible. Okay. Uh, I was around as a kid. I saw the 69 Mets win against the great Orioles team. There have been other, saw the Jets upset the Mighty Colts that same year in 69. So there there have been many examples, not only those two, but many others, where you shake your head and go, how in the who did that happen? Okay. I had a Golden State blow a 3 1 lead uh, a year ago. So, and let the Cavaliers win in seven and win game seven on their home floor, so the uh, first time a team has ever done that, come back from three one and win game seven to boot on their floor. So anything can happen, but it ain't going to happen. Um, the, the question for the Indians and everybody in the American League, and we're going to assume that Boston's going to win the division in the east. The Indians are going to win the central. Obviously, Houston is going to win the west, and wild cards. Oh, my goodness. Um, pick any two teams you want, okay? Um, it's going to go through Houston. Can Boston beat Houston? I guess they could if Chris Sale pitches like Chris Sale can pitch, if David Price can pitch yeah. like David Price, mm-hmm. and if they can get anything out of Rick Porcello or Drew Pomerantz, uh, who happens to be a former Indian farmhand, uh, then anything, I guess, is possible. Same thing with the Indians. Can they beat Houston. Well, in the regular season, Cleveland beat them five out of six. But I've never been a big believer in that what you do in the regular season automatically translates to the postseason until I see it with my own peepers. So um, we'll see. Obviously, Houston is the team to beat. Uh, will they make a trade? They're not going to get Jose Quintana. That ain't happening because uh, he's just been traded a couple hours ago to um, the Chicago Cubs. Good move for Jose he doesn't have to change his driver's license right. he doesn't have to move yeah. he just has to make his GPS system go rather than the south side, go north to uh, the north side so um, if Houston adds another starter, Sonny Gray from Oakland, sure. or somebody else, it's going to make it even more difficult for anybody to beat Houston in the American League. but the only two teams that can do it would be in no particular order. Uh, Cleveland and Boston, the only two teams that have a sniff of knocking Houston out.
1: They're at a different level. With that, Ken, we are out of time for today. Appreciate it. And uh, we will talk next week. We'll get in contact. I'm going to be in Fort Dodge next week and uh, Cullen State Softball and Jimmy B. You know, he's got that vacation going on. So we'll get together. We'll find a time that works next week, though, okay?
2: Look forward to it. And, and, And send out a search party for Brinson. Okay? He's at the you bar.
1: Know. You don't have to go far. You know where he is. <laughs> yeah,
2: he's leaning, yes.
1: I know. I know. I've seen it. <laughs> Thanks for your time today, Ken.
2: Look forward to Talk to you next week.
1: Ken Silverstein on the Draft House 50 Hotline with us. Always fun conversations with Ken. We'll come back on the other side. Our attention turns to the NFL. Ken in Cleveland didn't want to bring up the brownies to him. We're going to talk about the local teams, Vikings, Packers, Chiefs, maybe even a hit on the godforsaken Chicago Bears, We'll do it next with Ryan Van Bibber, SB Nation NFL editor. He'll join us on the other side here on the Big Talker 1700 live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and TC. Noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG.
3: Here's the scoop on garden soil. Sometimes it needs help from the Home Depot, where bags of Miracle-Gro garden soil are a special buy, three for just 10 bucks. It improves existing soil with nutrients plants need for stronger roots, so they'll hit the ground running, starting with much better ground. Miracle-Gro garden soil, three bags, 10 bucks. Now at the number one retailer for Scott's Miracle-Gro, the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Ballot through August 2nd, while supplies last. Contiguous U.S. only, limit 80 per customer.
0: Like all of you out there, Michael Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. Hi, this is Craig Hodson, Vice President Market Manager of Cumulus Media Des Moines. Cumulus is a proud supporter of the Ankeny Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber promotes economic development
2: to strengthen the business climate and enhance the quality of life in Ankeny.
0: Please join me in welcoming and supporting these new members
1: Bedtime Mattress, Black and Cardinal Divide, Courage League Sports, Cowboy Chicken. Freedom Taxi and Roadside Assistance, Iowa Realty Jessica Schaefer, Knockouts Haircuts for Men, Parks Custom Homes, Select Physical Therapy, Senior Helpers, Staples.
0: The Ankeny Chamber of Commerce and Cumulus Media wish to thank these new members. Learn more about the Ankeny Chamber of Commerce online at Ankeny.org. Guys don't really talk about antiperspirant.
1: Despite that, 91% of Dove Men Plus Care users recommend it. Here's what they said.
4: It blocks the, you know, perspiration, I think is the fancy word. It's comfortable. Uh, <laughs> it smells nice. My girl likes the smell. Well, it's, it, I, I don't, uh, it's hard. I think it's quite masculine. My underarms aren't the worst thing at the gym. It's kind of like the Hoover Dam from my armpits, I guess. Dove Men Plus
1: Care Antiperspirant. Tough on sweat, not on skin.
3: at WolfConstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally.
0: Your Honor, I stand before you to prove that at and two-year price guarantee is the ultimate all-included bundle experience. Order! I submit Exhibit A, DirecTV Select All-Included Package with over 145 channels. Exhibit B, Monthly fees for Wi-Fi gateway, Genie HD DVR, and three additional receivers included. Objection! Overruled. Exhibit C, reliable high-speed internet and digital home phone. Order! And to close, lock in your bundle price at $89.99 a month for two years with AT&T. The court rules in favor of AT&T. Call your local dealer now. Switch to DirecTV today and start enjoying the nation's number one satellite TV service. Call Rockstar Satellite at 515-262-STAR. That's Rockstar Satellite at 515-262-STAR. For us 24-month TV and 12-month internet agreements and combined billing, new approved customers only must remain active and in good standing on all services or then prevailing rate supply in second year. Pro-rated ETF up to $480 for TV, $180 for internet. Equipment not return. under facing conditions apply. Call for details. Offerings one 17
4: Hi, folks. Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun show.
0: back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC.
1: Welcome back once again. Jimmy B and TC, Trent Condon with you. Running solo today. 515-264-1700 with your phone calls. We'll get to some open phones a little bit later on in the show today. But right now, during this quiet summer period, it's always a good time to talk football. Ryan Van Bibber from SB Nation he joins us right now to talk some NFL. RVB, how are things down in St. Louis? Oh, not bad. It's, it's a little hot for my taste, but other than that. Sweltering down there and well, no football to get excited about. So you go into year number two without the Rams in town. What has changed about the NFL <laughs> viewing one year into it and, and just NFL fans in general down in St. Louis?
4: I, you know, people seem to have moved on and are you know just fine. I think that everyone, you know, it's, vonda you know there's a small contingent of people that still kind of follow the team and there's a Mm -hmm. contingent of people that like to you know that that enjoy seeing them lose every now and then so it's (laughs) uh you know (laughs) it's really not all that different
1: well there was some big news earlier in the week about just the sheer amount of money that's going to the other owners with all these moving pieces the raiders to las vegas the two teams making their way to los angeles Big money there. It's good to be an NFL owner. I think that goes without saying, though.
4: Yeah, it really is. What well, it's about fifty-five million bucks for each team, are other than the teams that are relocating, uh, that they get to. You know, it's paid out not in one lump sum, but over the years. But yeah, it's a pretty nice little chunk of change. Works out pretty well,
1: and uh, the owners they get even more money that comes in. Well. There's some business side of things. I wanted to get your thoughts on. We're going to break down our Midwest teams here, the teams around us, in a little bit. But I wanted to get your thoughts on on something we see last week, I believe it was, where a couple of drug companies uh, doing with (laughs) male performance were pulling out. Oh, boy, that's terrible. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. That's not what I I was not going for that, I promise. But, oh, God. Uh, They're they're not going to be spending money on NFL advertising is where I'm going here. Uh, Ryan, help me out before I dig myself even deeper into this.
4: Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's, uh, you're not going to see as many, uh, well, you won't see any unless somebody else picks up the dueling bath, the, the double bathtub, or throwing the football through a tire swing metaphors for another product but yeah the the viagra and cialis ad there's going to be a generic option hit the market you know how i couldn't explain it you know but i guess that uh the patents have kind of the 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 patents have lifted or whatever and so they're going to be generics of versions of those drugs available now so they don't invest you know the i think they spent like 40 million dollars <laughs> advertising for the nfl on nfl broadcast last year but i uh I would not expect the market uh, for advertising on NFL games to soften any next year. So,
1: It's crazy, and there was a report from the sports business daily earlier today uh, talking about networks, including ESPN, bracing for a drop in ad revenue for football games. The business is changing, and Ryan, you being in sports media, you know it, I know it, it's changing. But it's not just for the little guys like us, it's also for the big dogs, including the NFL business is going to look a lot different here in the foreseeable future.
4: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, the, the ad thing is one thing, but like, you know, this year you've got, now Amazon's going to be doing the Thursday night games. And I think that's sort of, you know, you had Twitter last year doing some of them and, and in in the past, you've seen some of the other online outlets where they broadcast, you know, the London, the the morning London, (laughs) those lovely love morning games from London. Um, But, you know, I think all this is a precursor to, you know, the way we're going to be watching football after 2021. I think a lot of it's moving to digital platforms like that. You know, people are – the NFL knows that, you know, they need – obviously they have a huge audience and it spans, you know, markets and demographics and types of people and everything. But uh, they know that to kind of keep pace in the market that they're going to have to offer – more of their content online, and, and and not just any content, the game specifically, and they're going to have to do that, you know, as, as more and more people are cutting the court. Obviously, you see the changes happening at ESPN. All that's the result of, you know, expensive rights deals like they have with the NFL and fewer subscribers on cable. So it's, uh, you know, they're, uh, the, the league, credit where credit is due, the league knows sees the writing on the wall and is working to, to, to find and, and experiment with some models for that before the before the current deals run out and the collective bargaining agreement runs out in twenty twenty one.
1: Well from there uh Ryan let's jump over and let's talk about what we're expecting to see on the field. Trading camps coming up here and uh with it to the north in Mankato is where the Vikings are each and every year. So Teddy Bridgewater. It's been a conversation now going back uh well over a month as we saw him first on the field. Now he's working out without a brace. There, There's a lot happening here. If you can first explain the options for the Vikings, putting him on the pup list, that's the physically unable to perform list, what that's going to mean, because there's a couple of different avenues it looks like the Vikings can go right now, uh, figuring out exactly when he's going to be ready to go.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you see him working out with the brace off, that's a good sign. It, it, you know, at the very least, I'm not a not a doctor. I don't, I don't play one on TV either, but I can tell you that that's a good sign. And Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a sign that he's progressing through his rehab and, you know, the all indications have been that, you know, we will see him on the field at some point in 2017. It's just, now it's sort of a question of, are we going to see, is that some point going to arrive in August or is it going to arrive after the first six games of the season. And, and then the reason I say the first six games of the season is because, like you said, the Vikings have the pup list. They can put Bridgewater on the pup list to start camp. And I would still expect them to do that just because, you know, camp is just a few weeks away. They need to be cautious about this. They don't need him out there practicing and, and getting, you know, you remember how serious that injury was that yep. it happened. I mean, it wasn't like it was just your run of the mill torn knee tendon. I mean, there was, you know, they had to lift him off the field with a helicopter and everything. So it was, pretty serious at the time. So they're not, I would be really surprised if they rush him back and they certainly have no need to. Then the next step is going to be whether he remains on the pup list through camp and into the beginning of the season. And I think that's probably their. Like I say, and I'm, I'm saying this without knowing exactly where he is in terms of his overall rehab. But if he's on the pup list to start the season, that means he can't play or practice with the team For the first six weeks of the year, and that would what that does then is effectively that leaves him under contract with the Vikings for 2018 instead of his instead of his rookie deal running out this year like it's supposed to, because he uh, wouldn't have enough games to be eligible under the collective bargaining agreement to have that count as a year of a season of service in the league. So his fourth year of his contract would roll over into 2018 and give the Vikings. A quarterback under contract in, in 2018, and that way you know they could see like, all right, in week seven, week eight, is he ready to get back on the field? Is he practicing in full again? Is he 100%? And they have that two week window where he can practice with the team again before they actually put him on the active roster. So, you know, I, I think that's probably the most logical course of action because Sam Bradford's a free agent after this season. Last year they have him under contract, they still need to know what they have in Bridgewater and they need to know a little bit what they have in Bradford because if you know there's the possibility of a situation where they don't have a quarterback at all under or a starting quarterback under contract at all for 2018 so i think that's the wisest thing that the vikings could do right now and we the way they progress with bridgewater's rehab they they don't seem to be rushing him in particular they've been very very cautious with him so I think that's the most logical course of action. I would be awfully surprised if the Vikings don't take that route.
1: Yeah, The one part that I I didn't, I guess, even think about is if he is on the pup list, he's not able to work out with the rest of the team in any capacity under NFL rules. I saw that earlier today over at SB Nation on the Daily Norseman. So that's another component here with us not knowing exactly how far along he is. If that's the course that he takes, Teddy Bridgewater, even if he's back in week six and say Bradford's not playing very well, he's not going to be at the level that I think a lot of people maybe anticipate since he's not going to be able to do a whole lot of work with the team.
4: Yeah, exactly. And plus, too, you know, the the thing with I mean, even a re- you're, you're, I shouldn't use the word run of the mill. It makes it sound like it's not a serious injury. and It, it is. is. I mean, but, you know, a standard ACL tear, you know, guys usually, it's tough. Like, you're not even when you're back on that first season back on the field after that those guys still aren't up to 100% playing level they're not instantly as soon as they put on the pads and get back on the grass they're not playing at the same level they were before they got injured that usually takes about a year so even if bridgewater does come back halfway through the season you know don't expect anything special from him i mean just you know you're not going to see anything you know any sort of lights out performance, and I think barring just some complete and total disaster with Sam Bradford, I think that Bradford, even with a healthy Bridgewater, I think Bradford is still probably their better option for a starting quarterback in 2017.
1: in Minnesota. Talking with Ryan Van Bibber on the NFL here on the Draft House 50 Hotline, getting ready for training camps coming up around the corner, the kickoff to the season. So we got the Vikings. I think most people feel like they'll be all right. They'll be pretty good. and maybe a chance to be better than that. Same yeah. kind of thing for the Packers, the Chiefs. I think three of our four local teams, we feel like they're going to be good. How bad is the Bears going to be then? Because that's the other <laughs> one, and boy, it, it does not look good.
4: Well, I feel like with the Bears, it's like, I, you know, I, I, my standard talking point now has been like, well, let's find the positive thing. and I think Jordan Howard. It's going to be a really good running back for him. I think if you're a Bears fan, you can at least hold on to that fact that hey, Jordan Howard is going to be fun to watch this year. The rest of the team probably not going to be so hot, but Jordan Howard will be okay and will be will be uh will at least be able to get some uh meaningless yards and you know a three or four win season for him.
1: It's uh, not looking pretty. John Fox more than likely going to be looking for different employment after the season. It's a, a complete teardown here. Do you think? Do you believe in what Ryan Pace, the young general manager, is doing here? Do you? We can all see and understand, and the the eggs that he put in the Trubisky basket. Is it going to work?
4: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I go back to that trade on draft day, and I'm still just not all that crazy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it was more of like, you know, the. Panic's maybe not the right word, but more of an overreaction. They Obviously, they didn't have to trade those picks to get Mitch Trubisky. I mean, the Niners played their hand really well, really, really well, and, and you know, lured them into trading up for to get Trubisky with that. But, I mean, they needed a quarterback. I mean, part of their rebuilding effort is, is sort of snagged because, you know, they, they, they held on to Cutler for so long. They couldn't really afford to bring in another quarterback to to take over behind him. And when you had Cutler on the roster because he was a veteran and because, you know, the level of pay that he was in, the level of play that they expected from him, there was always sort of this, you know, like we're not really a rebuilding team, but we're not really a Super Bowl competitor, but we've got to go out and try to win anyway because of the Cutler situation. So, you know, I, I think they got rid of Cutler a year later than they probably should have. I think this is a process that probably should have, started more in earnest in 2016 than, than it did than rather than this year. But, you know, that's the way it is, and it'll be interesting to see if Fox survives it all. I think he's kind of in an awkward – I'm not a huge John Fox fan as a coach, but he you know he's definitely in a tough spot with the way that that franchise uh, has, has tackled its rebuilding project. Ryan,
1: right, we cross another day off the summer list, getting closer to football season. That always makes it a good day and good when we get to talk with you. Thanks for your time, as always. Ryan, we'll do it again soon.
4: Hey, happy to talk football,
1: man. Ryan Van Bibber, SP Nation. Give him a follow on Twitter as well at justrvb is where you can find him. Lots of great content with the guys at SP Nation. Ryan helping him out over there with the crew. We'll take a time out when we come back on the other side. Old friend John Cannon stopping by. We'll talk with John some NBA. What else is rattling around in the mind of John? Always a fun time with him. Then at two thirty, Bill Ryder. You hear him here on seventeen hundred KBGG. Every evening from 5 until 9 o'clock, nationally with CBS Sports Radio. He also lived here in Des Moines for a couple of years, working for the Des Moines Register. We'll talk about that. Have some fun coming up at 2.30. Bill Ryder with CBS. All coming here as we continue on, live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. It's Jimmy B and TC.
0: News, talk, sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com. Hey, it's Jimmy B.
1: A place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50,
3: Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hold everything for less. The Pack Store Save event is going on now at the Home Depot. And the shelves are full of smart storage solutions, like an HDX four-shelf storage unit. A special buy at just $19.88. It'll hold up to 600 pounds of whatever you've got, and you'll barely have to lift your wallet. Come get organized at the Pack Store Save event. Going on now, only at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Vowed through August 23rd, U.S. only. Dude, you look different. Well, my body is glowing gold. No, it's not that. Did you get a new shirt? No, I joined the Fuel Rewards program at Shell and got instant gold status. No, did you lose weight?
1: No, it's the gold status. I save five cents a gallon on every fill every day. Got it. It's a tan. Get rewarded with instant gold status at Shell with the Fuel Rewards program. It's free to join. So join now at fuelrewards.com slash gold. Restrictions apply. Active gold status required.
4: Introductory offer valid for six months after activation. Limit 20 gallons at participating Shell station. See fuelrewards.com slash gold for full details. Doesn't actually turn bodies gold. Create the perfect outdoor living space with landscape blocks from Menards. 12-inch smooth patio blocks are available in red or tan. Right now, only 98 cents each. Enjoy your deck this summer with Ultra Deck from Menards. Low-maintenance composite decking gives you the look of real wood without the upkeep. In four-color options, 8, 12, and 16-foot boards are just $149 a linear foot after rebate. Find other great deals going on now during Menards Priced Right Sale. Save
0: big money at
4: Menards. I met someone. You hear it a lot from people on Match. Because more people have met their someone on Match than any other dating app. Everyone wants to find that meaningful connection. And Match is not only number one in first, but second dates too. Now here's a free offer for our listeners. Go to match.com search for seven days free. That's seven days completely free to search, view photos, and connect. This free offer is found at match.com search. That's match.com search. Match.com search.
3: Here's the scoop on garden soil. Sometimes it needs help from the Home Depot. Where bags of Miracle Grow garden soil are a special buy, three for just ten bucks. It improves existing soil with nutrients plants need for stronger roots, so they'll hit the ground running, starting with much better ground. Miracle Grow garden soil, three bags, ten bucks. Now at the number one retailer for Scott's Miracle Grow, the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through August second. While supplies last. Contiguous U.S. only. Limit eighty per customer. At Progressive, we think your floral boutique is the bee's knees. In fact, it's all the bees' knees in every hive of bees in all the trees from here to Belize. Please. Everyone agrees. You deserve the expertise of Progressive Business Insurance. With over 40 years of experience helping busy bees and their knees glide with ease like a gentle breeze. So whether you're a worker bee, a queen, or none of these, buzz over to ProgressiveCommercial.com if you please. Faster than a bee's knees as he pollinates the leaves of
0: three trees. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Affiliates. Trust. Quality.
1: Value. Just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs, specialty roofing, and gutters. Wolf Construction has grown into a roofing machine that installs and re-roofs nearly 2 million square feet of roofing each year. Wolf Construction has been given the Super Service Award from Angie's List and is accredited with the Better Business Bureau. Call them today for your free Estimate Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-216-3643. That's 515-216-3643. And online, wolfconstruction.net.
3: You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day
4: installation, 515-262-STAR.